topic. Uh, I'm just kidding, right? We're obviously going to talk about thankfulness. Uh, pretty easy. You gave me a, a holiday gave me our, our topic. Um, so you're going to actually get a break from Mark um, this morning for the first time since I've been here. Um, so turn in your Bibles to Luke. Um, go to the next book. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, uh, page 876 in your pew Bibles. Um, today, as you all know, uh, it is the day that our nation has has designated as a national holiday for the purpose of kind of collectively coming together to, to give thanks for all that we have been given. Now, we're, we're Americans. We're generally terrible at history, so I don't know how much you know about um, Thanksgiving, but for the story we get growing up isn't quite the most accurate story in all accounts, right? So we get the story of, you know, the pilgrims, they come over, Mayflower, 1612, they only wear black, uh, they're going to die, Squanto comes and, and saves the day, and, and thus from that point on we were celebrating Thanksgiving, and that's, that's, that's it. Well, kind of that, that, some of that happened, that's not exactly what Thanksgiving was about. Um, Thanksgiving as a national holiday actually didn't start for over 200 years after that. Right, 1620 pilgrims. We didn't get Thanksgiving until the year 1863, right? And that was under the order of President Abraham Lincoln. Right? And if you know anything about your U.S. history, you'll know that 1863, right? What was going on in the year 1863? Anybody history buffs? Smack dab in the Civil War, right? All right, the most probably tragic, miserable um, period in, in American history, right? So it was in the middle of this um, where Lincoln's comes up with this idea. He, he's no dummy. Um, and he, we, we need to pick me up. So, in the middle of, of this terrible war, this is what he declares, and this is what he announces about this holiday. So, so listen to Lincoln's words here. They're, they're really good. He, this guy was the best speaker ever, maybe. Um, he, he was excellent. Um, so listen to what he says about this. The year that is drawing towards its close had been filled with blessings of fruitful fields and, be- and healthful skies. All right, listen again. Middle of the Civil War. To these bounties, which we are so constantly enjoying, that we are so prone to forget, we are so prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature, they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart, which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequal magnitude and severity, he then goes for a long period of time, gives a bunch of all these blessings and, and good things God has given them, even in the midst of this terrible war. And then he keeps going. He says, No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. These are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed fit to me and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Right? So that is the origin of Thanksgiving. That was the official kind of beginning. And I want you to notice two things I think that are important about what Lincoln um, says in there. First, notice the context in which he is calling for a time of thanks. Uh, think back to, to Miss Jenny's words. In the midst of maybe the most trying, difficult time in our nation's history, Lincoln is still calling the people um, to give thanks to God. All right? That's an important reminder for us because we tend to only give thanks when things are really easy and things are going exactly how we want them. And, and when that's not happening, we, we get all frustrated and disappointed with God. But here's, here's Lincoln calling us to be thankful in a very difficult time. 
But the second thing that I want you to notice is the one to whom the thanks is directed. Right? It's all over Lincoln's speech. He is calling the nation to give thanks to the sovereign, almighty God. And this just this makes common sense because being thankful, if you think about it, requires someone to be thankful to. Right? There's, there's a very famous man, a very famous outspoken atheist. This guy's name is Richard Dawkins. Right? He's kind of a big name out there that's kind of spearheading everything that they do. Um, in a talk a while back, Dawkins, he admitted that when he looks up at the stars in the Milky Way, when he, when he witnesses the Grand Canyon, that he is overcome by this profound feeling of thankfulness. Right? He, he said, it's a feeling of sort of an abstract, abstract gratitude that I am alive to appreciate these wonders. When I look down a microscope, it's the same feeling. I am grateful to be alive to appreciate these wonders. But, if you think about it, it doesn't make any sense, right? To, to whom does an atheist like Dawkins express such gratitude, right? There, no one. He has no one to give thanks to. So, so the fact that we all kind of inherently feel thankfulness and things like this demonstrates that there is someone to thank. And as Lincoln so um, properly emphasizes, though the one that deserves and is due to thanks is, is Almighty God. He is the king. He is the creator. He is sovereign. He, we owe him everything. He controls everything. He gives everything. So, so thankfulness toward God is the only reasonable response to, to who he is and what he has done. And that's what we're going to talk about for just a few minutes. I promise I'm not going to talk for 50 minutes. I mean, this is going to be mercilessly, mercilessly short um, for, for your Thanksgiving holiday. So look there at Luke 17, um, verses 11 through 19. I'm going to read it for you. Um, this, is, this is God's word. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered the village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let me pray real quick before we begin. Father, we thank you for this day. Um, a day that, um, though it may be about many different things today, Father, a day that, that originally was about um, giving thanks to you um, for your goodness and the good things that you have given us. And Father, I pray that we would um, remember those things, that we would thank you for everything, Father, but, but that we would always remember to thank you for the one thing that really matters, um, for your son Jesus Christ and, and his death on the cross in our place. So I pray that this would be a time in the midst of turkey and parades and, and football, that we, would, that we would remember the cross, um, that we would focus on Jesus, and that we would give you thanks. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. All right, so, so for our story this morning, we, we've kind of jumped ahead a little bit in time from, from where we are in Mark, right? Jesus, he's now on his way to Jerusalem, right? He is, um, he's in Galilee, right? But in between Galilee and Jerusalem is Samaria. Right? So Galilee is where everything that we've seen so far has happened, pretty much. And it's up north, right? It's obviously around the Sea of Galilee, and Jerusalem is, is south. So, but between the two is Samaria. So to get to Jerusalem, you've unfortunately got to travel through Samaria, right? Why unfortunately? Because the Jews did not like the Samaritans. 
Um, why not? Because centuries earlier, remember, if you've been coming to Sunday school, we've been going through the history of Israel. Right in the year 722, remember, the northern kingdom collapses. Right, Assyria comes in. They 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 um, they wreck the cities. They they take a lot of the people out, and, and the northern kingdom is basically done. Well, the Samaritans are the the few Jewish people that were left behind. Right, so the Assyrians then brought in a bunch of foreign kind of nations, foreign people, and settled that northern kingdom with, with foreigners, right? And the remaining Jewish people intermarried with those people, and so then they kind of had Jewish roots and Gentile roots, and they kind of like bl blended the two kind of religions together. So kind of hardcore, strict Jews hated Samaritans, right? They, they thought that they had rejected God, that they had rejected Judaism, and they just, they looked down on them as kind of the worst of the worst. So... The Pharisees, or, or, or really particularly like hardcore Jewish people, if they were in Galilee to get Jerusalem, they would cross over the east, the Jordan. They would go outside and around and come back in to Jerusalem a really long way around. But it was much quicker to just go straight south through Samaria, and that's what Jesus does here. And he, he enters the village. There's a group of ten lepers in the distance, and, and, and they're shouting at him. And, and think back to the times that we've talked about the lepers. Right? They're, they're the lowest of the low. Right? You have lepers in Samaria. Right? That's double trouble. They're, these guys aren't in a good spot. These guys are the outcasts. These guys are unclean. They are completely and utterly separated from society. That's why they're standing at a distance. Right? They're not allowed. They're not supposed to get closer so that they don't spread their uncleanness to other people. So, they're shouting at Jesus. They're saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And then Jesus does a really strange Thing. He looks at them, they're lepers, and he says, you know what? Go show yourselves to the priests, right? What's going on? Why the priests? Because the priests were not only the, the religious authority of the day, but they were also the, the medical authority in a community as well. All right, the law prescribed that an unclean person or a leper, when they were healed, they were to go and show themselves to the priest, right? Basically, they'd go get, you'd go get a checkup. The priest would, would check you out, and he'd give you a clean bill of health, give you a little certificate, you, then you'd be clean, and no one else could, could treat you as unclean. So he was the guy that made the pronouncement, and the community had to honor it. So that's what Jesus tells them to do. Go show yourselves to the priest, which is strange, though, because they still have the leprosy, right? And when you have leprosy, it's very clear that you have leprosy, right? You can't really hide leprosy. You have open sores everywhere. Lepers were often missing fingers or limbs because one of the things leprosy often does, you know, it basically takes away your ability to, to sense or to feel or to touch, right? That, you know, that sounds kind of cool. All right, you know, it wouldn't hurt or I wouldn't feel pain. No, no, pain is actually a very important thing. Pain is very good, right? So if a leper just sits down and has their hand in a fire, right, they have no idea. And so lepers were often kind of losing limbs and they were just in a terrible condition. So you knew when someone was a leper. And here's Jesus telling these various obvious lepers to, to go and show themselves to the priest. But they, they listen. They, they kind of, they step out in faith a little bit. They've got to be confused, right? Why in the world are we going to see the priest? We're, we're still lepers, uh, but, but something compels them. They they start their journey, one step, still lepers, this is kind of dumb, two step, still lepers, what's going on here, I thought this guy would heal us, three steps, man, I'm not sure about this, four steps, and somewhere in the middle of this process, Jesus miraculously heals them, right, all at once, at a distance, on their way, 
it's all gone. The sores are gone. Maybe limbs are being restored. They're, they're, just, they're completely cured, all ten of them at once. Right? And this would have just been unbelievable to them. Right? They, all this, they had this terrible, life-ruining, all-encompassing, ever-present disease. And it all at once is completely wiped away. So these guys, they're ecstatic. They, they probably begin to, to sprint to the priest. They, they still need to officially be declared clean before they can return into society. But one of them, in the midst of the kind of euphoria, in the midst of maybe sprinting towards the priest, he, he, he realizes it, it, it dawns on him. So he, he turns around, he alone runs the other direction, screaming loudly and, and praising God. He, he gets back to Jesus. He, he throws himself down at Jesus' feet and he gives Jesus thanks. Right? It, it seems so obvious, doesn't it? G someone does something nice for you, you thank them. Right? Someone buys you lunch. You're like, hey, you know, hey, thanks a lot for getting me lunch. I, you know, I really appreciate that. But someone heals you from a life-threatening, debilitating disease. They, they save and they restore your life. They, they take you from being an outcast and return you to your family and your loved ones. Now that is an entirely new level of thankfulness. All right? And this is a really important gospel principle. All right? Think about it like this. Let me illustrate it like this. Imagine if I came back last week from, from my sister's wedding in Memphis. And imagine if, say, say Ricky had been here at the church taking care of things while I was gone a little bit, and a man showed up to, to collect a bill that I owed, right? And what, what, since I was gone, Ricky stepped in and he paid the bill for me, right? What would my response to Ricky be? Well, if you think about it, my response to Ricky would depend completely on the size of the bill that Ricky paid for me. All right, think about it. Think about it like I forgot to put um, postage on a letter or something, and it was I owed 46 cents, and the mail guy comes, and Ricky's like, oh, no, here, here's the 46 cents. You know, I get back, he'd tell me, like, oh, you know, thanks, Ricky, appreciate that. That was very kind of you, and, you know, then we'd move on. That would probably be it, all right? But imagine, it, it may say my, my previous landlord came back and said, listen, you didn't pay your $1,400 of rent your last month, and you owe this. And Ricky steps in and pays that $1,400 bill for me. Right? Well, when I got back and found out about that, I would be ecstatic. Right? I wouldn't know what to say. I would be so thankful and so appreciative because he paid this large bill for me. But imagine if while I was gone, the IRS shows up and says, hey, listen, you've never paid taxes in your entire life. You owe us $250,000 of, of taxes. And Ricky somehow, I'm not telling you, I'm not saying Ricky has all this money, so don't go asking Ricky for money after this. But in the illustration, say Ricky steps in and he pays my quarter million dollar debt in my place. Right? What would my response then to Ricky be? Right? Neither of my two previous responses would suffice at all. Right? And the point is, until I know the size of my bill, whether it's 46 cents or $1,400 or a quarter of a million dollars, I can't know whether Ricky has just kind of helped me out a little bit or if he has utterly saved me. Right? I can't know whether to just say, you know, thanks, Ricky, appreciate that, or to fall down at Ricky's feet and to swear loyalty and service to him. Right? And this is why we talk so much about sin. This is why I have gone to great lengths to emphasize the importance of understanding the doctrines of, of total depravity. 
Because you are not going to be properly thankful if you don't understand these things. You are not going to be amazed by God's grace if we do not understand how serious and helpless our situation was. We're never going to appreciate the good news if we don't understand how bad the bad news was first. Right? The bill, the debt that Jesus Christ paid for us was an eternal, unimaginably large bill that we could have never paid ourselves. Right? We were wicked sinners, completely separated from God and marching merrily on our way straight to hell. Right? A place of eternal suffering and punishment. But Jesus steps in and he pays the debt for us. Can you imagine if you owed a quarter of a million dollars and a family member or a friend paid that debt for you, right? We'll take that feeling and multiply it by about infinity. And that's what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross, right? Understanding our sin and our separation from God and the amazing thing that Jesus Christ has done for us. That, that should then release this, this great flood of, of joy and gratitude in our lives. And that's what we see with this one leper. He, he falls down in worship and thanks at Jesus' feet. He realizes how big of a deal um, it is what Jesus has done for him. Right? Done for him. Crippling, life-altering disease cured. And he is so, so thankful. But look what Jesus says. We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Jesus Christ and God, they, they take thanklessness very seriously. Right? Consider Romans chapter 1. Um, verses 18 through 20 in Romans 1, they talk about how everybody knows something about God, how, how deep down we all know that God exists and we all know that we are accountable to Him. But it says then that we all suppress that knowledge. We, we ignore it. We reject it. And then listen to verse 21. It says, For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Right? And then the passage goes on to talk about God giving us up to, to our, our sins and how, how His wrath is, is upon sinners. So God takes our failure to give thanks very seriously. Because a, a failure to thank God demonstrates that we do not know God and that we do not understand what He has done. A person that is generally down and grumbling and complaining with, with no joy and thankfulness in their hearts clearly just does not understand the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A, a person that is not thankful does not understand their sin and their separation from God and the amazing thing that God has done through Jesus Christ. So, so thankfulness is fundamental to the Christian faith. Right? An experience of God's grace always produces some level of thankfulness because He has paid an eternally large bill for us. So, the question is, are you a generally thankful person? Right? Do you thank God every day for the countless good things He has given you? Particularly the free gift of salvation that you do not deserve and that you could not earn? Or are you like the nine other lepers who, who get a few good things from God and then they go on their way? Right? Are you, are you more concerned with getting things from God or are you most concerned with getting God Himself? 
Right, look at the last verse, 19, as we close. And Jesus said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Right, that, that made you well there, right? That's a different word in the Greek than the cleansed in verse 14. Cleansed, one word, made well, another word, and they mean two different things. All ten were cleansed, only one was made well. Right? And that word made well in the Greek is the word sozo, right? which is better translated as saved. Right? Nine got, or all ten got physical healing, only one of them got spiritual healing as well. Right? And it was because he had faith in Jesus, a faith which expressed itself in great thankfulness. So are we thankful people? Do we really understand what exactly Jesus Christ has done for us? Right? So, so it's Thanksgiving. Yes, let's, let's celebrate. Let's, let's thank God for the many good things He has given us. Right? There's nothing wrong with the, the three American F's of Thanksgiving. Right? It's family, food, and football. Right? That's, that's what Thanksgiving is about. So, and I'm fine with that. Listen, I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to eat a lot of food. And I'm going to watch some football, right? So, so that's good. Thank God for those things. It's good too. But, but let's keep these things in perspective, right? All of these things, as great as they are, are like a 46-cent bill in comparison to the quarter-million-dollar um, bill that Jesus Christ has, has taken in our place and bore for us. He, he's taken on our sins and freed us from the penalty that we owed and could not pay. And He has given us eternal life. All right, let's, let's make sure and thank God um, for the most important things. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will he also not with not also, not also with him graciously give us all things? God has graciously given us all things through His Son Jesus Christ. So so let's thank Him for those things. But let's always keep first things first, right? Let, let's thank Him for not sparing His own Son, but for giving Him up on the cross in our place. Right, let, let's let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ. Um, we thank you um, for his healing touch. Um, we thank you, most importantly, for, for his spiritual um, healing touch. We thank you that, that you have the power to bring dead hearts back to life. That you and only you have the power to erase the debt um, that we owe you. And we thank you that you have done that for us um, through Jesus. So, Father, I pray that we would understand how large our debt was and how we could never pay it, Father. And that we would just be so grateful and thankful for what you have done for us in Jesus Christ. Uh, I pray that that would inform everything um, that we do. In the midst of suffering, we would be able to give thanks because our one great problem has been taken care of. In the midst of, of blessing and joy, we would be able to give thanks um, because we know that, that you are God and that all good things come from you. So Father, on this day, I pray that we would um, remember um, that we would give thanks, um, but those thanks would be properly directed um, towards you and towards your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen.